from A Game of You, The Sandman, Volume 5, by Neil Gaiman. Everybody has a secret world inside of them. I mean everybody. All of the people in the whole world, I mean everybody. No matter how dull and boring they are on the outside, inside them, they've all got unimaginable, magnificent, wonderful, stupid, amazing worlds. Not just one world, hundreds of them, thousands, maybe. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Here I am, lying awake, can't sleep, here in my bed with all these visions in my head. I don't know what to do. My sight blurs. I'm on a walk, on one of my long walks through the city. Rain coming down. And like, just seems like there's this beautiful opera playing in my head. Like something from back in those like gothic days. Flash again. Don't know how I've got here. But I'm here at the Boba Fett Tea Cantina. Get me a drink. And the nice old lady serves me up some pie. She seems real familiar. I don't know why. Back out in the street, I'm at that spot where I lost Christina. I look off into the distance, and it seems like there's some kind of lighthouse, and some some woman is just holding a drink, looking back at me. Flash again. Motorcycles. They're all around me. Never thought I'd be this scared in my life. Start to run. Flash. I'm in an alley. It leads to a... to a door. Seems like it's like the back of a theater. So I go in, and I climb the stairs. The door creaks open, and it's it's kind of a view I'm familiar with. I mean, all the instruments and lighting is very similar to my sound engineering studio, but it's different. It's just, it seems more, and there's someone there, not standing, not really sitting. They seem to slowly turn around. They say, hello there, the voice that I recognize, a voice in my head. It's like meeting for the first time, 
find myself screaming. She screams back. And in the cacophony of all that madness, I wake up. Well, hey there, Sojourners. Last time was a bit of a trip now, wasn't it? But now we return to our rifts in their City of Mist as we play the City of Mist RPG. Some episodes we play it more than others. <laughs> and you get to find out more of what's going on behind the screen. But I believe this time secrets shall be revealed and knowledge shall be unburdened. And even those of you who have joined us late, who have come to us in season four, perhaps, for your first dose of the Gothic podcast, uh, can find out some of the driving forces going on uh, behind the big overarching five-season arc of our main show. And so last time, we left our rifts in the Ivy Corp secret warehouse in the industrial district. And there they had met and verbally sparred with one Magnus Simeon, who is the, <clears throat> I'm sure he will enjoy me referring to him in this way, the pet magician of Junichiro Hayashi, the CEO of Ivy Corp, who our riffs believe is, if not behind all of this, at least deeply connected to the reign of bodies and the existence of the desiccated ones, those zombie mummy-like beings that they have encountered throughout their days since the reign took many of their friends and loved ones from them. But also, something else happened. There are more identities within our rifts than just the logos and the mythos that they had been getting used to. There is a third identity within each of them, an identity that comes from somewhere outside of this reality, comes from somewhere else, somewhere that we call the contemporary now. And those identities, Dr. Grace Moreau, L.J. Bradley, and, well, Sloshy, those came to the forefront in our last episode, and Magnus Simeon, always on the search for knowledge and power, was driven to use his own magic to bring them forth again and find answers to his questions. And now we return to the warehouse in the industrial district. Outside, the mist presses tightly against the building, almost as if it's trying to get in, almost as if it's trying to stop whatever's happening within. And, well, Dr. Grace, in the body of Echo, has just said, what do you want to know, Magnus? Rifts? Contemporary now characters? Have at. No pressure. No pressure. I can assure you this is no trick. Whoever this person is, 
They are real and they are in your friend's head. Okay, uh, what's going on? Who, who are you? My name is Dr. Grace Moreau. I don't come from the same level of reality that you do, if that makes sense. Are you from like another plane? What do you mean? Something like that. We have been chasing, that is myself and my companions, someone from our own existence who has been attempting to access multiple level, levels of reality via works of fiction in an attempt to inhabit multiple variations of himself across the multiverse. In an attempt to stop him, we fell in ourselves. We've gone through a variety of these universes. This one's particularly confusing, as uh, we aren't the only ones in your heads. But uh, we believe that he has come here in his next attempt to do something to a set of victims which he dragged along with him. We've met headway in rescuing some of them so far. But in this, in our last attempt, he took more along for the ride. It is my belief that your desiccated ones, and I point at Mr. Singh, represent some of these people. And therefore, our interests here are solely represented by keeping these individuals safe and getting them through the, the end of this story without harm coming to them. Oh, okay. But back up. Who else is in our heads? Oh, well, you, for instance, are hosting my good friend. Larry Jace Bradley, also known as LJ. And uh Does does he like axes? Yes, he does. That, quite that quite makes a lot. Some sense. Uh <laughs> yes. Uh and uh point at cadence. You are hosting someone new. They haven't come with us before. There's someone we met in our travels who are also being oppressed by this person that we are chasing. And uh his people as far as I'm aware, don't really have names, but we've refer been referring to him by the epithet of Sloshy. Why? Oh, well, when we first met, we were um, rather alarmed at the person we thought we were speaking to falling apart into liquid, and we may or may not have trapped him in a plastic container, which we then duct taped shut. He did sound a bit phlegmy. So, wait a minute. This is Cadence now. <laughs> <laughs> You mean to tell me that besides our 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 riffs, we're also host to you people? Yes, uh, it doesn't normally work like that. Um, we haven't been able to speak to you so far. Although Echo cannot speak out loud, Echo, you can ask questions of Dr. Grace in your own head at the moment. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if I'm like kind of like a back writer in Dr. Grace's head at the moment and yeah. or an LJ in the back of Baz's that, for that you, matter. Yeah. Might be both. And that, that is also both. And the same for Sloshy. Uh, any of you can attempt to uh, regain control of the body you are in at any moment. Really hectic. <laughs> and then that will get really hectic. <laughs> Hey guys, it's it's before the musical episode. It's the body swap episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> boy! But I would look back at uh, Magnus um, since he seems to be the kind of the ringleader of this whole shtick, and say, um, "Why did you want to speak to me? I assume you had a reason." I think there are many things that I could learn from you, but probably I wanted some element of their trust. It seems as though this trio is being pulled in many directions at once. I wanted to help them find direction. If that direction is not through me, well, that serves to my benefit, doesn't it? From what I can understand, your reality 
is more real than where we are now. Is that accurate to speak? To us, of course, the reality in which we originated feels the most real of all. After all, it's ours. Our recent history involves traveling into into the worlds of works of fiction. However, this has been made possible by a close friend of ours who has been facilitating our involvement in in the travel between these worlds. Now, I believe she is here with us somewhere, she being one of the people who was sucked along with our adversary on his latest attempt to travel into one of these universes. And if we can find her, she would know better than I, because she's remained on the outside. I will say, however, that this one feels different. It feels more solid. There's more complexity going on. Other worlds we've entered have felt somehow less dimensional. And as such, I'm not quite sure whether this one represents what exists in our world as a work of fiction, or whether it's another reality that would have existed without our portal. So uh, is there like a role or something involved for uh, for Sloshy to, to bust in at some point? Yes. Uh, so Cadence need, would need to make a face uh, danger role, okay. uh, taking the negatives for voices in my head. Okay. Voice in my head. Two. I don't know that I want to necessarily oppose this. So I'm not going to add any pluses. All right, face danger. Oops, that's back in core moves. And so if you still manage to oppose it, even if you don't necessarily want to, <laughs> then that's just sort of the natural evolution of things. I don't think you have to worry about that. I rolled a four <laughs> minus two for a total of two. <laughs> Sloshy comes forward. <laughs> okay. All right, now what I want to know is uh, who is uh, who is Kane in this universe? It's got to be Hayashi, right? Absolutely. Well, it only makes sense he's drawn to positions of power. Okay, as uh, long as we're on the same page about that, uh, I say we get him as soon as possible, and whatever foresty roads we gotta invade to do that, uh, that, that is our priority right now. There is one other possibility. Yes? What you got? Ayashi is not working alone. He has a patron of some kind. Someone is giving him power, names, orders. Is this in the in the sense of rifts or in the sense of a literal being who exists in this universe? Does it have to do with any of these people that you're trying to save in the back of your head? Echo wants to know if it has to do with any of the people we're trying to save. That meaning the desiccated ones. Does the patron want the desiccated ones? Or is it Hayashi? I am uncertain. I know of all the bodies that fell in the rain, I was handed a list of names. Their names to raise as desiccated ones. If they specifically are your lust, well, it stands to reason that perhaps Hayashi's patron that he has refused to let me gain access to, the one who I believe is awakening his power as a rift, perhaps this is your adversary. And how are you raising uh, these desiccated ones? And uh, are they communicating to you in any way from their previous selves? Because since we think they're the, the lost. I have seen no indication that they are anyone other than who the names that I was given are. The hunchback one, his landlord. He's never been anything other than a sad, quiet little man. A dead, sad, quiet little man. Baz kind of hugs Mr. Singh. <laughs> 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 like, it, it's okay. <laughs> All right. I, I was hoping. 
if names were specifically given to you of these people who we believe are the lost, then yes, it seems that either Hayashi or his patron indeed are being controlled, incorporated by or suggested by the individual that we are pursuing. So Hayashi might not be Kane. Uh, that's a step backwards. How are you raising these things anyway? Magic. Okay. I was hoping for something a little more specific. A magician never reveals his secrets. All right. Is Sloshy still forward, right? Yeah, he was just talking. Sloshy forward is the name of my new band. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Let me be clear about something for you. I still work for Hayashi. That has not changed. He and I have a deal, and what I want, I want to be sure that I get. But I am not convinced that what you want may also be possible alongside my other objectives. What is it you want? That's a better question than what I was going to ask. I think there may be a way when you, I gesture to, oh no, Cadence and Echo, right? Are currently the contemporary now selves? That's correct. Yeah, Cadence is sloshy and Echo is Grace. Magnus gestures to Cadence and Echo. When you complete your objective here and you escape this story, I think perhaps there is a way for me to accompany you. That's what I want. You want to get out of here? Is that your goal here? Kind of gesture around. Would you want to stay? I am a prisoner in a city that opposes me with its very breath. Slashy looks around. You tell me there is another reality in which this mist doesn't exist. Of course, I want to escape here. Well, to that end, I would say that you had better speak to our acquaintance, the one who's been remaining on the outside, who has been dragged in with us. Now, she's around the city somewhere, and she would know better than I the intricacies of travel between worlds. Does Magnus know anything about Ariel, or is she a good enough sleuth that she's evaded my detection while spying on me? Actually, you uh, saw Ariel briefly uh, through the eyes of the desiccated ones when you first saw these three staking out the warehouse across the street. Okay. But only very briefly. You weren't overly concerned with her until Hayashi sent you a uh, copy of some traffic uh, camera footage that showed her, the same person, on a motorcycle following his car mm -hmm. to his mansion in the Mansion Hills. Okay. Uh, from that, you aren't, you know, a super detective or anything. Right. And so beyond that information, actually... You, if you want anything else, you need to give me an investigate roll. Well, I've got one power and one weakness tagged for a net of zero here. So, well, hey, I got a seven. Nice. You, uh, what was your power? Zero. So you get one. Okay. Uh, you get uh, one question about the subject of your investigation. I think, well, they've told me that they have another person here with them. I haven't seen them other than Andy. I guess uh, I haven't seen them hanging out with anyone else that I've identified as a rift. And I suspect that whoever this other person is, they're probably a rift too. So, and I know from Hayashi that that girl on the motorcycle is following him. So I guess the question I'd be most likely to think of would be like, is the woman with the, does she, does she have a red hood in her outfit? Yeah, she has a hoodie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is the woman with the red hood a rift? When you 
looked at the footage, and this has never happened. The only time you've ever been able to identify a rift is in person when you're there, able to extend your magical senses. Or they use some sort of sonic shriek. and Or see them through the eyes of the desiccated ones. But when you see this footage, it was massive. That hallucinatory overlay, that mirage imagery was of a of a woman in the woods carrying a basket filled with weapons uh her leather armor clawed open revealing a midriff that has three long scars down it and her hood and cloak is all of red and flowing around her in a almost like a cloud, almost as if it's got its own sentience. And uh, her eyes were filled with revenge. And so it was that, that's just an image, but the feeling that you got, the impression of it was almost that it was, that this mythos was almost as big as the city of mist itself. Okay. And you've never, I mean... For it to come through the film, that's just not something that's ever happened. Sure. Yeah. Now, the thing is, you got a seven. Right. And so had this, you know, happened right now, I would have exposed you to a certain amount of danger, psychic danger, probably. But since it happened in the past, when when you got this impression of this woman who you don't even know her name, but she also felt you and got something from you. What is a secret that you wouldn't want anyone else really to know? Mm. I think a good one would be that I am terrified of Hayashi. Like Magnus is, he's been acting tough. You know, he's, he's even acting tough over the phone telling Hayashi, like you deal with me or I'm going to keep this poet away from you. But I, I think maybe she could tell that that's, that's all part of the con and he is, deathly deathly afraid of hayashi all right nice all right so after that little interlude flashback yeah after she says that they have an associate uh magnus will nod and say the woman with the red hood yes i believe so Hmm. i've seen her she doesn't seem as connected to you she's very independent but she's powerful she's very powerful yes she is who is she in your world that's a good question. She's the catalyst. She began the investigation into the individual we now pursue. She made it possible for us to come together. She made it possible for us, well, at first it was by accident. But once we figured out how it worked, or I should say, should say once she figured out how it worked, she made it possible for us to pursue him into other worlds. We haven't been able to speak much since this all began, so I don't know how much she realizes about her own power, but she's very powerful. I sometimes wonder if out of all of us, she might be the one who, at the last, finally takes down our quarry. But in the, in the meantime, we'll do the footwork. I have nine desiccated ones, right? One of them's a little bit juicier than he was before. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sing is... Four of them are shredded. One <laughs> <Right>. is... Skeletons. <laughs> less desiccated. Right. And the other four... Are out in town. Are out in town. Can I command them... Mentally, or can I just kind of survey what they're doing since the last time I commanded them in person? You can see what they're seeing, but you can command them 
but you have to uh, pull the, the uh, tablets out. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do that uh, at the, this precise moment in time. I have a question for you. We've uh, found in the past that navigating the story we're inhabiting is helpful to surviving it. What do you know about the mist that inhabits this city? Its behavior is strange. Less than I would like to. It is some kind of defense. The city actively seeks to suppress rifts. I suspect it seems difficult to imagine that every person in town is the alter ego of some greater concept, but many are, and most are sleeping. The mist seems to want to keep things that way. I don't know why, but anytime someone begins to wake up, it actively makes sure that they go back to sleep. Only the powerful or highly insomniatic seem to be able to power through. <laughs> highly insomniatic. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking, of course. I'm not sure where the mists come from. I don't know if they are directed by a higher power or if they act of their own free will. I know that they oppose me. They oppose all of us. And I know that there is something about you. They are more reactive to your presence. Of course, we're alien to this universe. That would explain much. You just call me an alien? Am I just a story to you? No, Echo, you're the one who belongs here. At least as far as I know. So what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do here? You said something about leading us to the end of the story, finding these lost, and your good friend, and it seems like it's our our good friend, Ariel. 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 Our good friend, whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> Ariel. I got, an, I got an accent, so, you know, I always say it wrong anyway. <laughs> So, Magnus, uh, do you know of anything that will... You can raise the desiccated ones. Can you put them back? I regret that I cannot return them to life as they were, but I can free them from what they are now. What would happen then, I am uncertain. They would not be bound as they are. Now, my priority is to keep them safe, unharmed, that's a conversation you should have inside your own head, then. Yes, I understand that now. I believe that because they're still in existence, Mr. Singh over there, responding to Baz, I believe we can bring them out. Magnus glances over at Singh like, I really should do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that if they simply continue to exist as they are, they will come out safely whenever we're finished doing whatever it is we're here to finish doing. Obviously, we ourselves don't wish to perish either, so... On that, we are aligned. Okay, well then, uh, we need to defeat Hayashi, and I think that's what we gotta focus on. I agree with that sloshy person. Do you have anything that will help us with that, or do you know anything that will help us with that? Hayashi wanted me to keep an eye on you. He didn't tell me why. He doesn't consider me important enough to share details of his plans. But if he's watching you then there's something about you that he's worried about. He has more interest in you, I think, than he does in me. Does he consider us a threat? Echo wants to know if, if he considers us a threat. He's never said as much. Just wanted you watched. Okay, but, like, do you know anything about him that will help us? Is there, like, a back way into his house? Or, I mean, can you help us defeat him? Dude, it's not about Hayashi. 
you just got it's who Hayashi's working for. That, that's that was an LJ. I know, I know. So, <laughs> it's hard to so Baz will, LJ Baz makes will go ahead known. and say out loud, well, fine, but we've got to get through Hayashi to get to this other thing, or at least get in there and, and find stuff out. So we Hayashi's our, our visible target right now. Sorry, that was that was LJ. Yeah. He says pointing to his head. <laughs> Hayashi is well on his way to fully actualizing his mythos. I think he is more mythos than man at this point. And do you know what that is? I do. Will you tell us? I'm still deciding that. What do you know of Hayashi? Perhaps I could simply confirm it. Uh, he, it seems like his mythos might be the uh, the uh, death forest. It's Aoki Gahara. That's in Japan. I thought maybe... Whoa, man, wait a minute. Death forest? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, pay attention. <laughs> what did we get ourselves into this time Gracie? and the the death forest had these these spirits that i thought were the desiccated ones but maybe maybe i'm wrong it sounds like you've done your research yes from what i know he is the mythos of the aoki gahara the suicide forest okay so we like need chainsaws great but Okay, this time uh, in Cadence's head, as I get my um, <laughs> accent straight here. <laughs> uh, what about that poem by uh, by Andy? What about uh, the seizing of the power? He said something about that. Uh, what a, is that us? Is that you? Is that Hayashi? Is that y- you, oh, Dr. Yes. Grace? Uh, yes, out loud. Um, I would uh, say... Andy recited what sounded like a poem or a prophecy to us about seizing power ahead of Judgment Day, individuals seizing power, and the world quaking with fear upon this Judgment Day. Does that ring a bell as to anything that Hayashi has mentioned? He doesn't fill me in on his exact plans, but I know that what he wants to do is fully actualize his mythos. What would that do to the rest of the city? It would put them fairly completely under his thumb. My powers, you have seen many of. I'm a magician. I can raise the dead if I have the right spells. I can do some magic here and there. Hayashi's powers are more internal. If he wanted to, he could probably cause any of you to end yourselves. It's best to avoid getting on his bad side. That's no good. And uh, do you know when any of this is supposed to happen? Do we have like a timetable? I don't know. I don't know how close he is, but I know when he does, there will be a moment when he is vulnerable. Perhaps the only moment he'll be vulnerable. Your prophecy may refer to that moment, seizing the power. Okay. Okay, yeah, and what do you know about Shirley? I'm sorry? Hayashi, like, kidnapped her or something. Oh, the woman. Yeah, raincoat, I think. Was she not one of your desiccated ones? Ask him. Ask him, Dr. Grace. She wasn't one of the desiccated ones, Echo. Is she a rift? Is she your friend? Or is it Ariel? <laughs> uh, I think it's Ariel. Uh, out loud, I would say, yes, uh, Shirley is a person who's been noticed by the three of these people whose bodies we now inhabit, following them, and or at least conveniently being in the same place as they are, 
Do you know anything about her involvement with Hayashi and what she is up to? Hayashi and I have been working together now for close to a year. I had never seen this not woman until a few weeks ago. I am unsure what her role is. He did not have me surveying her before he began courting her. I've never known him to have romantic inclinations. I suspect he has ulterior motives. Courting her? Uh, <laughs> courting her. It's Norwegian, give him a break. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know what he meant. I was just <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I know what the word he, he was using. I want to know I what that said, means. I thought you said hoarding context. like a dragon hoards yeah. gold. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> this is my Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> my Shirley. No one else is Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, she's mine. Um, Mr. What Slashy? makes you think he's courting her? I think it's what she believes. I don't make a point of spying on Hayashi, but I've seen the woman get into his car, and she has spent nights at his house. So is she a rift? Um, Echo wants to know if you are aware whether Shirley is a rift. It's possible she wasn't before she began seeing Hayashi, but I think Hayashi's patron is waking rifts up. My power increased when I got close to Hayashi. His power has been increasing exponentially. If your friend is hanging around him, she might be getting woken up secondhand. I don't often get premonitions, but when I've viewed her through the eyes of the desiccated ones, I see games, games of chance, dice falling across a table, spinning wheels of red and black, cards being laid out across green felt surfaces. So he's amping up her power. And he's hoping to use her to tip the scales in his favor. I think she is waking up if she's not already. And uh, Cadence is wanting to know what you know about the arena bodies. I don't know what caused it. It wasn't me. And I'm not sure if it was even Hayashi. I'm not sure if Hayashi knows. I do know it was after the reign of bodies. He gave me the names of your lost. Whoa, man. Are you telling me that us coming into this world... Whether it's just us or Lazarus is the one that caused this. That sucks. Oh, shit. Did Elja just say that to Baz? Yeah, Baz hears that in his head. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah, Baz is having a crisis right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> no, no, I mean, he's like, am I, embody- am I housing something that is the cause of all this stuff we're trying to stop? So, Dr. Grace, do you have anything to input into this? Um, uh, Do you have enough questions? Um, Do we just need to find your friend uh, who we assume is Ariel? Well, I wish to find Ariel, but I have one more question first for Mr. Simeon. Uh, Mr. Simeon. Yes. When we were were on our way into this world, I witnessed what appeared to be a very tall construction of strange and disturbing architecture, a tower which loomed above the horizon of the city. During my time here, I haven't witnessed such a thing, but I have a suspicion that it has something to do with everything that's going on here. Have you ever seen or heard about such a thing? In a way, LJ is also just in the back of Baz's head like, dear God, why do I have to keep dealing with the middleman? (laughs) Magnus is a middleman to... Hayashi, Hayashi's a middleman to who knows who. It's probably Lazarus. Well, yeah, but we gotta follow the chain. Oh, Baz, you haven't asked Magnus about uh, about the cult yet. 
He, well, yes, uh, he does, but he wants to not be overt with it. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to do it right in front of everybody. He wants to like grab Magnus' <laughs> okay. work as we're about to leave because he hasn't told anybody about that. So I figure uh, Baz will make that like draw Magnus aside here after this, unless anybody has any more questions. You guys are still standing down in the warehouse on the pentagram and more or less yelling these questions back and forth from him up on the up on the catwalk. This room has good um, acoustics. <laughs> we got to come back here for the musical episode, says Cadence. <laughs> In answer to that question, the tower as a concept has a place in the occult. Well, I have never seen a structure like the one that you describe. The city doesn't exactly have a skyline. It has focal depth. <laughs> it has a mist line. Lack thereof. <laughs> a mist line. <laughs> That's a short render distance. <laughs> Wait, are we in Brigadoon? <laughs> the people who designed the backgrounds really slept at work. Patrick, were there any like buildings in the city skyline that were kind of in the direction of the tower, but like in the middle distance between me and it that I would have recognized, like the like the Ivy Corp tower or whatever? When you all were falling, it was more like as Kane had torn a hole from where you were there at those end pages of that last book. Mm -hmm. So, too, a hole had been torn through this world, and you were able to see a glimpse of another. Okay. okay. Outside of the mist? The only thing that you have seen comparable to it here is that spotlight that perpetually shines from the top of the pyra- the Ivy Corp pyramid. Well, you know, me and lighthouses. <laughs> okay. I don't know what Hayashi wants with your friend. I know he wants him very badly. Mr. Sashi, can you tell him to please keep Andy out of Hayashi's hands? Cadence wants, uh, wants you to know you should definitely keep him out of Hayash- Hayashi's hands then. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing and, you know threatening not to give him back to him or something yeah okay guys i mean we kind of got to make a call i think uh do we think that andy is safe with this guy and he jerks a thumb at magnus band meeting (laughs) (laughs) come on guys band huddle right and then dr gray stands there all stupid (laughs) (laughs) as they huddle up can i see if i can drop into mr singh's senses and just listen as mr singh in the middle of their conversation uh absolutely okay (laughs) that's gonna be sneak around i think okay and can baz detect this if it happens uh by changes in only if the sneak around fails this isn't a contested role uh let's see here you know definitely magic definitely the tablets definitely the pentagram uh, do i have to be holding the tablets to use them uh no they give you they, you cast the spell so you can see through the eyes of the desiccated ones usually it's just slightly harder right now because he's not fully you know desiccated sure uh let's see here uh, for the record i'm using opportunist cast a magic spell Surprise from behind, <laughs> uh, curse tablets and floor pentagram. So, damn, I feel like all of those can be applicable. But you're not sure you should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not using. I'm not using. Looks <laughs> awesome because uh, we're we're going through Sing, not me. So yeah. sneak around. Oh no. Oh, look at that. Oh shit. That's a six. 
That's a six. That's a six with a plus with a power of four. Good grief. That means he rolled snake eyes. Here's what happens. As Magnus attempts to see through the eyes of Singh, Singh's eyes go wide and he says, Baz, there is someone trying to use me again. It is him. And he points up toward Magnus. And at that moment, Magnus staggers and just grips his head in pain that he cannot push out. He cannot. He's he's looking around. He's trying to focus. He's trying to pull his magic together. And yet it's something. Was it the was it the flare back from the attempt? You don't know. But he staggers. He he looks at Andy. He looks at you all. Uh, he tries to get a grip on the edge of the catwalk, but he stumbles against it, slips over the edge. There are cables and wires, and suddenly, inexplicably almost, he is hanging there, but he's not hanging there from the catwalk. He is hanging there from trees, from oh a tree God. in a dark forest. Why, you fools! <laughs> <laughs> and from outside the warehouse, you hear the sound of helicopter blades, multiple helicopters incoming toward the warehouse. And then just as he has come to the end of these cables, it's not a perfect rope, although that's what you see in the vision. You see a perfect rope, a perfect Kingsman noose going to a limb above him. But that's not the case in the reality of the room. It's just cables that he's tangled in. There is a flare of protective magic that just kind of washes out from him. As it does so, the pentagram on the floor catches on fire for just a moment, just a blue blaze of of light and heat for just a second as it uses up whatever protective spell Magnus had placed inside of it. And then the cables let go, and he falls the remaining eight or ten feet to the floor of the warehouse. There is a unfortunate clump, but you can see <laughs> that he is still breathing. He is still clump is my new band name. Alive. It always was. Oh my god. Does Grace get snapped out of Echo as soon as Magnus goes unconscious? That's a great question. Or am I stuck this way now? That is a great question, and I think I will let you answer it on the next episode Ah! of the Gothic Podcast. Thank you, Michael, so much for being our guest voice. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Thanks for coming in. Happy birthday. That's right. Happy birthday to you. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. you. It's not the musical episode, guys. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor, LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners.
Ariel. 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 Ariel from Bad Fresh Brewery. Oh my god. It's just like it's just like a uh, a bad line drawing of the little mermaid but her eyes are going in cross-eyed directions. <laughs> the kids might come in to say goodnight. No, they might not. Okay. How dare they not come in to say goodnight? Yeah. <laughs> Unacceptable. No tapioca pudding for you. I'm the mythos of being rejected by children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the mythos of tapioca. <laughs> Hang on, I have a note about the reign of bodies somewhere. I just have to find it. That's in the text. That was one of the very early ones. And I'll tell you this one early on, because it's the first question they're going to ask you. <laughs> so was it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, all right, you know, so to answer the first question, they'll likely, they're likely to ask, who or what caused the reign of bodies? Exactly. <laughs> Here we are three episodes later, and we're just yeah, now yeah, getting yeah, to yeah. that question. <laughs> we're focused. And now I will pause the recording again. Recording stopped. Dang nabbit. It'll make me think I hit the button. (laughs) (laughs) Recording stopped.